What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Ancient Wisdom, your weekly Pokemon TCG podcast. My name is Corey Roush. With me, as always, is DJ Keener. DJ, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, man. Just had the day off work for the holiday. Kind of chilling, getting caught up on work, doing some stuff around the house since I have the day to work from home, and uh, it's all good. What about you? About the same. Um, I'm always working from home, but it's it it's my first nice. day back after a nice week off, so... I'm going to try my hardest to not have you put the explicit uh, tag on this one, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's a long shot. Yeah, I mean, it ends up getting put on everyone just in case I miss something, and I assume that I typically will. Um, but yeah, it's 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 okay to be back, I guess. It's extremely humid, and I, I don't know if your holiday was ruined by that too, but it did everything it could to ruin ours as well because it's just so uncomfortable. But uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. We stayed outside literally the entire day, which was nice. Um, we were in shade a lot of it, but that helps. Yeah, we we went to the yard to play cornhole uh, in the sun for exactly one game, where everyone's like, "Yeah, oh, we're like ready to get up and do something." We made it through a one game before everyone went. Never mind, it's seeding yeah. time again. <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> it's just gross. I, yeah, there's. I mean, there's no two ways. I mean, I know it's Pennsylvania weather. It is what it is, but uh. Yeah, it's it's pretty, it's been pretty gross. But other than that, um, big Pokemon weekend. Obviously, we were we were at NAIC, um, and typically we start off the podcast with what have you played over the last week or what have you been enjoying. But uh, that's what we played over the last week. I wouldn't say either of us yeah. necessarily met our expectations, but we were certainly there. Uh, we certainly played all nine rounds, and uh, yeah, I, I think that even though we did not get necessarily the, the desired result. Uh, for either of us individually. I think we kind of wanted to talk about our deck more before going into the tournament at large because at the end of the day, we both really liked our, our, our Medical. And I think if, you know, I think what really swayed it, and it didn't end up hurting us because I know I played against two Lost Box. I don't remember how many you played exactly. Played two or three. I don't remember the exact number either. But the fact that it was 13% of the room is kind of just astounding to me. And um, Gardevoir was like 25%. So we, we guessed that it, playing against the two would be around 40 Ended up being around 37, so we weren't that far off. But uh, we played Lugia. Uh, I'm not going to call it the stupid name that you would like to call it. Um, Carnivine Control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mostly because I, I played against only one Guardian, which is the other baffling part about all of this, right? Is that even though it was 25% of the room, I've only played one, yeah, and it was round yeah. one. Um, and so I never actually got to do the controlling of Carnivine. But uh, yeah, we played a colorless Lugia list, and we're going to go over the list for that because while it is. Similar to what you have has been seen elsewhere, I think we kind of added a little bit of just a few card choices of our own that we really wanted to hammer home because if like it's not often for me that I leave an event where I did I don't want to say yeah I'll say poorly because to me that was a poor result for 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 me and uh, or not for like what I usually do but just for what I was expecting and um, but I walked away still being like man our deck was broken. Yeah, yeah, I I very rarely leave an event where I go my deck was insane. I think I played well enough. I, I obviously did not play perfectly. No, nobody ever does. Um, but the, the frustrating part is there's probably only one match that I lost that like I had any control over. And even in that one, like I to put it into context, I went five three one. In my three losses, I did not use summoning star but turn before turn five or six and then single game. Um so, like, when you're playing Lugia, it's pretty hard to win when you don't put Archeops into play for multiple, multiple turns. I actually won a round where I used Summoning Star zero times in the round. Um, wow. So that one was pretty cool. That one felt good. But, like, I, I honestly, it's like, I, I walked away from the tournament going, actually, it's probably pretty, like, the way my bricks went and my games played out, that it was 5-3-1. You know, it's probably 
a, a lucky stroke that I was one win away from day two. Um, and normally when I walk away from an event though, like that, like, I, I feel like, Oh, like I either made a bad deck choice or like maybe I was playing terribly. And like, sometimes like, yeah, the variance hit me, but it's like the variance really did get there for, for me at least is how it felt. And I'm, I'm pretty hypercritical of myself normally. So like, I don't feel bad making that call this time going like, no, I, I think my deck was really good. I think I played well enough. Um, again, the only one of the losses was there any chance for me to have played better. And I really was playing for a draw. Most likely at that point, I lost game one to Gardevoir, like totally bricking. Uh, but I played it out because I was like in a position where I could have potentially set up the Carnivine lock, ended up losing the game. And, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to like, it, there was also, I was already X two one. So I like couldn't play for the draw anyway, but like, that was the one round where I feel like I could have played a little bit better. Uh, but anyways, the, the point of that is to say, like, sometimes you leave an event and it's like, oh, I did bad. My deck choice must have been bad. I, and this is not one of those situations. No. I think our deck choice was good. I think variance hit us a little bit poorly. Um, I don't think the matchup lottery was too bad for us. Like that that part is almost even more frustrating. I was happy with uh, my matchup spread against the decks I played against other than hitting one Dura. But yeah, I would um, say that uh, me hitting Arc Chu Spirit Tomb rounds two and three. But other than that, water was less kind to you. That's fair. Yeah. So, like, other than that, but like, I say other than that, and that's obviously like what got me off to the bad start because I tied round one against Guardian. I'm like, well, that's that's fine. The games are extremely close. I slightly missed slash slightly got unlucky. I, I would say missed because I could have still made it a better in game two against the Guardi after running away with game one. Mm-hmm. Um, to end to end it up in a tie. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I mean, my my in game in rounds two and three, uh. I just didn't prepare for Flying Pikachu Spiritomb. Yeah. Right, it's not even that I didn't prepare. I was just like, well, if I play that, which I won't because it'll be like 1% of the room, we take those. And whenever you hit them the first two out of the first three rounds, it's like, well, that quickly ends a tournament run. But uh, It's funny how quickly the uh, the curse of being in the lower bracket really starts to get you. Or it's like, oh, I tied round one. It's like, that sucks, but it's not like insane. We kind of talked about how high we expected the tie percentages to be at this tournament last week. Yeah. But you do hit some funky decks once you've tied and then when you lose that next round you hit some even funkier decks and like yeah yeah you end up digging your own hole when you're playing a deck that's like kind of metagamed pretty quickly yep yeah 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 but i mean it is what it is like i mean i i ended up playing against like I, like two muse and, and they were pretty reasonable for the deck and it felt like pretty comfortable the whole the entire time over the course of those games i played a lost box set against danny altavia and while i did lose uh the games were really close and mm-hmm. even like what really hammered it home to me was when he got first turn Mirage Gate, like his first attacking turn, and like I was still in the game until like the last whiff Diono, like with like eight cards left in deck. Like the fact that you're able to keep up with that against what I, I still would think is arguably the best deck in the format. Whenever you start a Lugia and they're able to take two easy prizes off of you, like that just shows how powerful the deck was because there were just so many avenues, like kind of getting out of a late game. So I, I really, yeah, for yeah, sure, I, for I think sure. the deck was awesome. Yeah, I think our deck choice was really good. Um, and just to like, I'm just going to run through the list real quick. Yeah. Um, so I'll just start from the top. I'm not really going to talk about card choices, but just go through the deck list. We played a 4-3 Lugia V Star line. Uh, the full four Archeops, obviously. Three Unfaced Fat Snorlax, two Luminion Vs, uh, Weirdeer V, Drapion V, and then Carnivine and Radiant Alakazam. Um, and there's nothing like too crazy there, but we did like identify that we wanted to play at the max when I say max, like Force Norlax was not an option, obviously, but we wanted to play all three of them because against Lost Box and Guardi, just playing the single prize game is um, super reasonable. 
And then the Carnivine lock ends up being pretty good against Gardevoir. You can win games where you're just totally screwed out of the game with it. Um, and there's plenty of other spots for just like chipping with Carnivine is reasonable. Uh, and the best card in Lost Box against you is really their Dragonite. Uh, but the Dragonite becomes essentially unplayable when Radiant Alakazam's in your deck. So now they've, they're kind of stuck being Ryko Turbo, which only works if you have to put multiple Lugia and Luminians into play, essentially, and uh, aren't able to collapse stating them away. So it turns the Lost Box matchup just extremely, extremely favorable. Uh, yeah. We went, ended up going up to four Ionos in our supporters. Four Iono, three Boss, two Research, a Zinnias, and a Professor Burnett. Um, largely because we were playing the Carnivine Lock and a couple other things that we just like felt were too important to discard. We cut a Research for a Zinnias. That never ended up being downside for me through the entire tournament. I think that was one of the freest changes we've ever made. The night before, we decided to play the fourth Iono instead of uh, something like an Avery or another research or anything. All four Ionos were good. There were multiple Guardi and Lost Box matchups where the fourth Iono ended up being really good, especially because your opponent just assumes you're not playing four in Lugia. Um, so that was very good. I'm happy with that supporter line. I don't think I would change that either. And then uh, other trainers, four Ultra Ball, four Capturing Aroma, two Nest Ball, two Mesagoza, two Collapse Stadium. Again, nothing really to say here. Sometimes you do live and die by the Messagoza flips, which sucks, but there's not really any other options in the format. So we, I guess we just let it roll. And for energies, we've got four jet, four DT, um, three gift energy, two therapeutic energy, and two B guard energy. And I don't think, I think everything there was pretty standard. Um, there weren't any other energies you really would consider playing in these lists unless you were interested in playing something like Radiant Charizard and wanted to put luminous energy in, but. That ended up not feeling at all necessary. Uh, the one big thing that we whiffed on in our deck construction, um, well, two things, I guess. And we had talked about one of them, um, even though we were kind of memeing and just never gave ourselves the opportunity to test it, was putting a Metacham V in our deck. We should have played Metacham. Yeah. Metacham. No, I just openly refused to test it because I was like, I know I like this card. The problem like is... Yeah, go ahead. I do no, this you... too often. I did it, and it's not obviously the same thing. And I did it in Toronto whenever you suggested the Mewtwo V Union and Control to me, and I refused to test it because I was like, I know myself, and even if it's not correct, I'm going to trick myself into thinking it's correct. And... That's exactly what I was going to say about the the Metacham. There's no chance that we put it into our deck, tested it, and didn't immediately start focusing exclusively on where it was going to be insane. Which was the reason that we felt really good about our process for the Carnivine, because I know damn well neither of us wanted to play Carnivine. No. We both were like, can we please not put this card in our deck? But we were pretty happy with the results and the, the theory, so we played it. And Metacham would have immediately gone into our deck over any relevant card. It wouldn't have mattered what it was. We were just like, yeah, no, Metacham's sick. We love this card. We're playing it. And like, um. so like, that's part of the issue, right? Is that like, I, I ended up loving the fourth Iono, and I feel like that that was the last flex spot that we came down to, and I don't think we would have ever... We, no, we, we agreed to, we wanted to be a supporter. So What? We agreed that we wanted that spot to be like a supporter or a consistency card. So no, my point is that that spot would have evaporated before if we had tried Metacham because we would not have been looking for. You know what I mean? Like we'd have been like, yeah. oh, we no, this sixty is correct. We wouldn't have even tried. Like I don't know what else we would have cut at this point, and that's why I'm like, kind of. Yeah, it, it been could have up. been. It could have been. Don't bother with Carnivine. Say that the Metacham, um, especially if they don't know it's coming, is going to be enough to flip a prize race against Gardevoir for you. The flip side is that the Metacham's never winning games where you're not able to set up, which Carnivine does do. The other yeah. option would be to say we only need to play two Snorlaxes because now we also have the Metacham to sort of flip a prize instead of just being like, like the Snorlax trades one prize every time. You're going to say the Metacham is going to get an extra prize, which is not quite the same thing. And it's a little bit more finicky, but it is accomplishing something similar. So I think those are the two options. Um, 
but yeah, we we should have played that. And then the other thing, which isn't anything we could have helped at all, it's just an issue with Colorless Lugia, um, was that we had zero ways to beat a Duraludon, which ultimately, again, I'm saying I'm one loss too far. I did play against Lugia Dura, uh, and they set up a turn two Duraludon in game three, which they weren't going to bench another Pokemon. I could never take another prize. You know, the game was just over. Uh, but there's nothing in this list you can do short of putting Path of the Peak in your deck, which I think there is some merit to, actually, because we played Quad Iono to putting one Path in our deck, so we could hit them with the late-game Path Iono. But Lugia is a deck that like relies on its consistency so much. Like You're already debatably one of the brickier decks in the format. Um, I think you're less so bricky, and like people... I, I'm saying this, and it's something that I would also push back on, but like normally you're not hard bricking. You're just drawing hands where you are at the mercy of uh, either Mesagoza or Capturing Aroma. Mesagoza is frustrating. Capturing Aroma like 85% of the time, that's a made-up number, but you don't care what you flip. The games where you care what you flip are the ones that become very problematic. And in my experience, they're the ones where you have multiple Capturing Aromas and they can all flip wrong. <laughs> like Yes, that did happen to me. Because your, your other cards are all, all you know, they're always something other than yep. aroma and goes. So like if your hands, the the uh, multiple bricks were hands that were like two to three aromas plus a Mesagoza. And when all of those captured aromas flip wrong, there's a problem. But you know, that just doesn't happen that often. Like, yeah, we got hit with some bad beats on that aspect, but it is what it is. That's part of what you sign up for. And also those um, are the ones you're going to remember, right? You're not going to remember the 13 other games where the capturing aromas went right because, or that's what went right enough. You're going to remember like the, the one outlier. Yeah, 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 and I'm, I'm it's like, no, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I would push back on that concept either way, because, like, Capturing Aroma is almost always fine. Like, because you need to find all of these cards anyway, right? You need to find Lugia V-Star, you need to find Archeops, you need to find Lugia V, sometimes you need to find Luminia. Like, it, it is what it is. It is almost always good, because every game you do need all of those cards. Um, it's just when you have a bunch of them, and they all are the wrong cards, that it becomes a problem, usually. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean... It's also hard to find, like, a stadium. It's probably worth considering, especially with how well Duraludon did at this tournament, if we wanted to play this deck again. I think the one path is the other card that I'd consider putting into my deck. Um, but I'm not sure how you make space for both of those things, and it's something that I'd have to test a decent bit more. Yeah. No, that's, that's how I feel, too. I, but, I, like, I think I ended up kind of, like, we, we talked about it the day, like, like, literally the night that we finished, and we were like, if we're going to end up playing inside events, we're going to swap out the uh, Carnivine for the Metacham, just because we couldn't I'm still having trouble figuring out where the other cut is, and I want—I know I want Meta Chain in there in, in that version. Yeah, now, yeah, I agree, and that's that's probably where I would start. And then, like I already said, we can kind of you kind of look at the Meta Chain doing something similar to Snorlax. I think if I wanted to put another card in, I would look at cutting the third Snorlax. Though I'm very, very into what that card does, but like yeah. you're making the argument that Meta Chain is extremely good against both Lost Box and against uh, Gardevoir. There's a chance that it's correct to swap out a Snorlax for something that makes us a little more playable against Dura, even if that is just a single Path of the Peak. Mm-hmm. But Path yeah. is so awkward in this deck. It, it's just tough. I think Path is the best option, but it's it's really hard to maneuver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that, like, I think that that's just, it's something we talked about a lot in our testing. It wasn't even just, like, the, the greediness of it. It's just, like, if we thought that, it, that the Dura, the Raladon was going to be a small enough portion of the format, that it's just, like... Yeah, that didn't matter. Like it's not like two formats ago when Lugia was like the best deck and like the Raladon was seeing like a decent amount of play and mm-hmm. I thought like you had to respect it. I like, no, sometimes you don't have to respect the deck and we we did joke about how like it was totally reasonable that this could be like uh UIC and it's just like oh some group of players is going to show up with Dura and they'll be our problem but like 
we weren't even in the position for them to be our problem. So I guess and honestly, I stand by the point. Like, here's the thing: I, other than like, I understand. Like, I saw what Ian Rob and them were saying about why they played the deck, and I, 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 I get the logic, but just because like if if they they thought Arceus was a good was a good call, which it clearly was, and mm-hmm. to them that was the 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 variant that they were the flavor they were most comfortable with, the one they they felt most positioned. I just didn't like Derby because I didn't think while I was on Lugia, I didn't think that it was going to be a high enough share of the meta that it was the one worth countering. I thought that yeah. you were better off. Like, and it, I don't like Dur is fine into Lost Box and um, Guardi because it's like fat, but like it, it I, I just, I, I still don't understand. It's not great. It's like, it, it's fine. Yeah. I think the argument, like, is that uh, Arc Umbreon, especially, like, Umbreon is very good against Guardi. It's similarly thick in that matchup, um, and it one shots everything. And you can do like the the sort of pseudo trap thing for a couple turns, at least if you just need to buy some time. And you know, there's just a lot going on there that, that's powerful. But like, I would have much preferred to be on something like uh, Cartina, or I like Catron's list. Or there was another list at top. I don't know if it was sixteen or what, but it was Arctina with an Umbreon in it. Mm-hmm. Um, something like well, that. You're not, no, you're not allowed to like that. I, I brought that up to you in in like March, and you're like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's ridiculous. Have yeah, yeah. I, I just mean like by comparison, like those are the vi- like much more viable options to me no, personally than uh, uh, Arctura Umbreon. Just because like I think those cards are all better. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I'm but just... no, I get you. But yeah, I mean, either way, I think that the meta call was fine. Um, I guess if we want to talk about the meta game at large, then though, because I think we've covered our deck and how Ooh. we did. But yeah, so I just I went five through one. Corey went four four one, I believe. Um, but. Really, I, I think that we both kind of let the deck down. It was a good deck. We got hit by some bad variants, and uh, would not if I was re-registering for the event. I would play the same deck again, maybe with a couple card switches. But I would, I would run that deck back again in the same field. Yeah, no, I would too, and that, like that feels good, right? It's like as bad as like when I when I hit the O two one to start the tournament, I, I, I was like, uh, this, why did I do this? And then like mm-hmm. you get through the day, and you're like, no, this deck was really good. It's sometimes the the variants hit you, or sometimes things happen, or whatever. And yeah, no, I walked away feeling pretty happy yeah. with what we did other than some wins and losses going one way or another. So, And I guess I'll just plug the, like, this is an important thing that we've talked about a number of times. And, like, it's funny because you'll see different, like, super competitive people. Like, everyone handles these sorts of things the same way. But, like, if if you're a person who, like, really values their theory and, like, thinks a lot about the game, especially when you're someone who thinks about the game probably more than you actually play it, uh, which is 100% the pull that I fall into, at least. Like, I'm, I'm not a grinder. Um if if you don't like crush an event that you feel like you made a good choice in, but like you can look back and feel good about your choices, like trust your process. Don't go into the next time and go like I I messed up too bad last time. I should do something different. Like nah, you, you're allowed to not do well at an event. Like you have to get lucky to win a tournament. You even have to get lucky to day two a tournament. And like I, as I was frustrated on the day because like day two is the bare minimum expectation for me personally. Like I'm disappointed with any result below that. Um, and I was disappointed with my result, but I, you know, when I look back on it and kind of evaluate, like, I, I think my process was good and that's something to be proud of. So even if you play an event and you think you made really good calls, but don't do well, like it's okay to still be proud of your process and happy with that, even if you're disappointed with the result. So just something to remember. Absolutely. And that's good to hear from you. Cause I know sometimes that is something that while you, while I know you are more theory based and grinder based, like it's, it's nice to hear you say that. Cause I know a lot of times that you won't give yourself the credit of the process being correct. You'll just be like, well, didn't win the event. So therefore terrible. Like you even did that with me whenever you got like day two at Toronto. You're like, even though I was right, like this was a failure. And it's like, that one was frustrating because like I showed up to day two of that tournament feeling like I could have left that morning. Like I wanted to fucking die. Yeah. (laughs) There it is. There's the explicit tag. Yep. Uh, 
I like I I could have really gone without playing that day too. It was just like yeah. one of those days where I I was hot day one. I played a, a nearly unwinnable matchup in the last round to not be sitting real pretty starting day two, and then was as sick as humanly possible during day two. It was just like a very unfortunate tournament. Just not yeah. how I wanted that to play out at all. This one, like you know, if I day two and lost every round, I would have been happier than this one. But like, or than you know how it played out but yeah it's just uh the the process was good and that's okay sometimes sometimes that's all you can ask for yeah no absolutely so on speaking to that... of people whose process were good yeah want to talk about the deck that won the tournament yeah i think that's it's the only one i've hit in top 32 and this time i don't think that's something worth making fun of Cyrus... so somehow rapid strike won the tournament in the hands of cyrus davis so that sometimes referred to as like the intellian or shifu deck so we're playing intellian vmax and rapid strike or shifu vmax um yeah. yeah i'm i'm actually really happy that deck won the deck's sick and like the the list itself is pretty cool too i mean you get to play iono and Irida and melanie and these are all really strong cards that i enjoy playing um urshi v max is extremely good against both lost box and gardevoir and like wow we covered like lost box ended up being less of the field than you would have expected guardy was still a ton in the field yeah. Um, and it's very good there. The Intellian VMAX being able to sprinkle the damage, help you set up either these Urshi knockouts or if it's setting up the uh the Metacham, her favorite card in the format. <laughs> like it's doing that thing as well. There's just a ton here that's really good. Um, also use the radio because we said we like. Just insane cards. Uh Octillery, I mean, this has come up a million times over the time it's been legal and standard, but like it's good. Searching cards is good, rapid strike energy is good searching for even like little things like searching for like a Karina's focus is like pretty strong, right? Searching through the game ending echoing horn, because for whatever reason they decided to stamp that with rapid strike, like things like that. It's mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the deck is cool. It's something that uh, we have talked about before. I mean, like we're not learning this deck. It's just not worth the, the hassle because the upside was like kind of low. And I think we even did mention it last time. Like it's actually just an insane meta call mm-hmm. going into the tournament. If you think, if you're like metagaming the way did we did, where you're saying like I want to build to be Gardevoir and Lost Box, this was this was like the better version of what we did essentially. Like especially when you look at it as like oh it's also a Metacham Alakazam deck. Like this this was the deck that if we were proficient at playing it, is like the right choice to do the exact thing that we did. I guess that's the only other thing to say. Like this is basically trying to capitalize on the exact same part of the metagame that we were trying to capitalize on. Um, now this deck is also a lot worse into nonsense, so it is an important like that you nail your meta call whereas with lugia your thing is just like powerful yeah this deck is powerful but like like it, it's like extremely unfavored against Mew to the point that it's like embarrassing in previous mm-hmm. lists would play double drapion to make the matchup playable right and yeah. cyrus went i'm just not worrying about it i'm playing zero i'm dodging muse if i'm winning this tournament i'm dodging muse which is again like the process is good. Like it could have backfired miserably. And after this tournament, you're saying, well, Mew was such a small percentage of the moon. Like it sucks that I went O2 against Mew's round one and two. And then, you know, didn't make it as deep as I wanted to, but like it was a good call. It happens mm-hmm. in their case. They didn't hit many Mews. Well, I didn't even check. Maybe, maybe that happened. They just won, but, uh, not Actually, didn't look through to see what she played against. I'm not sure. Yeah. But like either way, even if it did happen, like it worked out. But my point was just, like, to say it, it could have gone terrible in the other direction because that's one of the things we, like, criticized the deck on. But, like, it still would have been the best medical for this tournament. Like, yeah. No, that, her, win- yeah, her winning it's, the it's event with, with Rapid Strike is absolutely, like, a, a wonderful example of, like, good medicals getting there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, that's what I've been playing the most since the event, not just because it won. We, we, I remember walking around the day of the event and like the day, like midway through the day, and it's like, well, we, we know that we're going to be spending at least another day here. What, what cool nonsense deck are we going to invest a bunch of money into to, to make sure we walk away with so that we can have something cool from this? And uh, that we was were it. ready to buy this deck way before we even knew it was in the top cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw that, that, like, it was, I was like, well, someone's doing well with that. And I've seen it on online events. And I, you trick me into that. And then you look up the prices of the cards and it's like, oh, even like the old arts for this are like way cheaper Not than they bad, should be. Right? Yes, I'm getting this. Um, and I've been playing it online since, and it, it's a, it's actually a ton of fun to play because it's it is tough. Like it's definitely like a puzzle, yeah, and like, all of the games bag. covers matter and stuff. But it's really rewarding. And like you said, if if you get the medical right, then you yeah, feel like yeah. you're probably just running through rounds. It's like one of those decks that if you played at locals would be miserable because it's like I can't put two drapions in my deck for every single local I play in. But like you're definitely gonna end up playing against view it even like a, a cup or whatever, right? Like or a challenge. And stuff. Yeah. But. If you can make the meta call at like a big event with a deck like this, you can get so rewarded and like, you know, shout out to her for playing like a, a difficult to play deck in an awkward, like in a incredibly well positioned meta game when like, yeah. it could have backfired. Like that does take a lot of guts and it was very well rewarded, but also like grow up and put a fourth battle VIP pass in your deck. Um, I will, I will say, I don't, I, I agree with you. I would put, I would put the fourth one, in. <laughs> but while playing it, I did realize that. Because you're not one of these decks that has a lot of discard outlets, and you are an irritant deck, I get it. I do understand. I would not. I would sign up with four and just deal with it. But I do understand how you come to the logic tree of I probably only want to play through at that point. I get it. Play one and just say I'll irritate for it every time. Play one, and I bet you could have played one research in the third irida or something. Let's that's where I would probably end in here and play play one. Like the yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Play, play one and max out on your nest balls for some more... Ca- I don't know. I mean, like, that's the other thing. Like, I, I'm certainly allowed to complain about this deck list despite them winning the tournament because they can also make wrong calls, even though it was the right meta call. So, like, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm with you, but, like, obviously the list is good exactly as is. You can play this exact 60 and be fine in that metagame. But I would certainly... uh That's where I would, like, start making changes to the deck, I guess, whether that was to play one VIP pass and look for more Irida spaces or to fit the fourth VIP pass. Yeah. But yeah, so the rest of the top eight and top 32, it, it there's mentioning as well. The rest of the top eight was uh, two Arc Duraludon Umbreons, uh, an Arc Umbreon Pile, uh, a Lost Box, a Lugia, and two Gardevoirs. So not, I mean, definitely higher on, in terms of Arc representation than we expected, but we definitely thought Arc was a, a good enough deck. So, um, And then the top 32 ended up being nine Gardevoir, Six Lost Box, 14 Pow, 4 Arctina, 3 Arc Dura, 2 Lugia, 2 Arc Pile, a Mew, and then the Rapid Strikes that won the event. So, uh, yeah, what, it, what like just any basic thoughts from there overall about how everything shook out? Anything, I, I'm surprised there was 14 Pals in the top 32 as much as we like that deck. I didn't think there were before. Um, yeah, I think that was 14 Pow that I was expecting to see in top 32. Uh, the 32nd place list just got posted on Twitter uh, a little bit before this, I saw it. And they actually were no back Scalibur. The label has them as backs. It was just legit Chain Pop Alkia. That's um, interesting. Which was a deck that I had like floated out there as like a possibility. This is in no way going to end up being like full on back padding, but I think it's really interesting that like we see that version with no back Scalibur. We see the RCS version. We see non RCS versions. Like there's all these ways to play this deck. We're still not settled on the right way, and a bunch of different ways are doing at least decently. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. I, I said four, I think. There was only three, actually, now whenever I'm looking at it. And both of the lists that I had, like the 12th and 23rd place lists, 
um, where Arceus. I played Arceus instead of Palkia, which yep. is a, is interesting to me. So yeah, and then the other one is Novak Scalibur yeah. playing Palkia, which is like very very interesting. Um, which I don't think is actually that crazy. I think there's a number of games you play with that deck where you're like not. It depends on the matchups, and with Arceus doing as well as it did, it's gonna you need to be able to hit the, the right numbers with Qian Bao. Um, but like the something that we kind of identified and that I, I feel strongly about is that you don't have to be rain dancing for that much. There's only certain matchups or certain points in the game where it matters. So, yeah, and a lot of times you actually want to be attacking with, with, with Palkia because it's just stable damage. Right, exactly. I mean, especially against Guardi, or if you can start attacking with Palkia in a game state where they can't uh, Oko, your Palkia, you're in a pretty good spot. Especially when you're in the, the part of the game where you need to, like, boss uh, like Lost City of their Manaphy if you're playing a Lost City version. That's, like, ideally you're able to attack with Palkia if they're not able to one-shot it back, and then you can kind of uh, get ahead on the prize race. Yeah. So, it's just curious to me that there's, like, a number of different ways to play this deck right now. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm in, and you said, I, I think that that's probably going forward what you're going to want to mess with the most just because it is enjoyable, and also we don't have anything terribly... Coming up terribly soon, certainly not in this format. So I wouldn't be surprised if that deck actually spikes up a little bit at Worlds. I think that having a better showing here than expected uh, definitely bodes well for it going forward. And there, there is something there. Uh, I think it for sure does. I mean, it, it's tough because like there were the deck made top sixteen here, so it's like how much more are we asking out of it at Worlds? But like, I think there is definitely more ceiling for this deck to attain still, and I'm excited to kind of see where it goes and see people test with it more because there's. There's a lot of options, and the thing that we really loved about the deck that hasn't changed at all is that you have game in every matchup. You have an avenue to yeah. win in every matchup, and that's not going to change, um, which leaves it like as a very interesting deck to play with. And it's got really good tools, especially to beat up on the RCS decks, actually. Like, you're able to trade very favorably prize-wise with them. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the deck actually becomes probably a slightly better medical, even, with how much arc is uh, around still. So, we'll arc. Tunnel arc, yeah. I was, we liked we liked RCS coming into this, but not. I don't. I don't think either of us really saw what it being like. What seven, nine in the top thirty-two, like nearly a third no, of the. Never. That, right? that, that's an awesome showing for that deck, and like I said, with three different variants being. I mean, obviously, there's differences in all the list, but like three, mostly different versions of the deck, seeing success. Four, if you include the two cheap pal decks that played it, like. Mm-hmm. Arceus is, like, it's kind of crazy to me, like, obviously Arceus is a good card, it's been around for a while, but it's just kind of cool to see something like that still be able to maintain such diversity in play. I, I don't even I think, think I, I really, really like, like every time that um the metagame reminds us, just through, like, results, when people have kind of counted Arceus out, that it's really one of the premier cards in the Pokemon TCG. Like, yeah. you know, we went through an entire Arceus format, essentially, where it was only Arceus decks, and then Palkia came out, and it was like, yeah, but, like, Arceus still kind of, like, Maybe not the best deck anymore, but like right up there with it. And then Arc stuck around when Lost Zone came out, and it stuck around through Lugia formats because it can, you know, at that point it's because it can be the disruptive deck, and it just like doesn't go anywhere. Like search two cards, accelerate energy. So the card is like, it's not too good. I don't have a problem with Arceus actually. It was kind of lame when every deck was an Arceus deck, just because like even though they all could play like different packages and stuff, they, they kind of just all play out the same way. Yeah. But it, as just like a deck in the format, I think Arceus is just like really cool to have around, even though it's not really a deck that I love to play. Yeah. And uh, like you're, you're annoyed sometimes when you get like path eight judged out of the game. But like, 
you can't be like mad when the RCS deck beats you. It's not broken. You can be mad yeah. that you lost a Duraludon because you play zero outs or you know zero waste the damage of flying peak. But like that's like the upside that the RCS player gets for playing like a a much more fair and like yeah boring deck. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Guardi, I think that like I, I will say that both Guardies that made top cut uh, were actually playing uh, some version of a switch out, whether it be a penny or an actual physical switch. So. Um, well, I, I do think we actually made the right call because I don't think the majority did. I do think that something like the the trap going forward becomes worse if people start to incorporate that. Um, I think that that's another reason to look at Metacham over Carnivine on yeah, our list. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Lost Box was still obviously very prevalent, not the best deck that we thought it would be, probably about half the meta share that we thought it would be, but I can think that's that a little bit adapt as well. What were you say? I say, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, actually? please. Because I'm I'm kind of surprised because going into the weekend, we expected a lot of Lost Box, and online results had bore out that Lost Box was at a certain point exactly as popular as Guard of War. And going into the event, I figured that both Guardian and Lost Box would be roughly equally played, and the two most popular decks in the room. And what ended up happening was a lot of top players that probably have played Lost Box in the past did just play Guard of War. Do you think that they're like? Do you think good players are all sticking with Gardevoir, or do you think like the fact that despite being like the most played deck, and it did convert basically exactly into Top Cup, but like there's a lot more Arceus in the top end really than like percentage wise versus player. Like the conversion rate was way better for Arceus, and Lost Box admittedly can have a hard time against some of the uh, Arc variants, especially we're talking decks that can play like eight Ionos and Judges, though not these versions. So kind of a separate point, I guess. But the Lost Box can have some problem with all of that health. But the Lost Box is, you know, for my money, outside of uh, Rapid Strike, it is the best deck against Gardevoir, right? Like, do you agree with that statement? I, I think so. Like, I can't so, really... So, like, do you think, like, just naturally, through just, like, some metagame attrition, like, Lost Box percentages work their way up, we might find an equilibrium where Guardi works its way down a little bit, uh, Rapid Strike works its way up a little bit, but then, like, that, does that, like, gatekeep Lost Box from coming up? Like, was Lost Box supposed to see more play this weekend, but now that Rapid Strike is probably a bigger part of the metagame, it doesn't? Like, what? I, I'm a little confused. I still like where it's going going forward, just because, like I said earlier, like, I do think some people try to pick up the, the, the Rapid Strike deck, but I also think that there's going to be enough skeptics that it's just like, okay, that was a hot run. See you later. Um, when people will be more prepared for it and like, you know, you can put double mana fee in all of these decks, which make that match up better. Like it's not yeah. perfect, but it becomes better. Yeah. Um, and like Kyogre can also take four prizes pretty easily against that deck. If you switch back to Kyogre box, that's probably the best version against rapid strike, like turbo ogre. So that's always on the table. I, I don't know. I'm just like it, legit brainstorming here. And like, you don't want to overcorrect for rap, correct for rapid strike, obviously, but you know, it's obviously relevant. It's obviously going to see more play than it did two weeks ago. Yeah. But I don't Gardy... know. I, I, think, I think that I like where Lost Box... I still do think I like where it's going going forward. I do think it's going to balance out a little bit. I don't think that this... I think that it was too low this tournament, right? And I, I do, I too. It, I think it goes up from here. And I, I do think it matters that, like, that the entire, like, the American testing group that was most known for playing Lost Box, most of them weren't playing it. Most of them mm-hmm. were playing Guardi. So, like, that matters. Like, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's just what the best players are playing, but, like, if that's going to shift the entire metagame percentage enough, then obviously it will start to matter. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I think that it's like, if, if you told me in a month that Lost Box won Worlds, I'd be by no means surprised. Zero percent surprised. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Think that one, one thing that doesn't go away is this good matchup against Garvey. No, never. And I, so, I'm, I'm kind of, I feel like Garvey adapts more than I feel like Garvey has a chance to go away. If that makes sense. Like, I don't yeah. think 
I mean, maybe 25% was too high. Maybe Gordy was overrepresented. Um, I tend to think that, like, if a deck isn't the stone best deck in the room, 25% is probably too much. And I, I don't think Gardy was, like, an infallible best deck the way Lugia was. But, yeah, no. you know, I, I think that play rate is probably a little bit high. But, like, I, I guess, like, and it would make sense, I think, for some Guardi metagame share to just shift its way into Lost Box to say that this is the better deck in that matchup. This deck might have a better outlet. I'm, I'm not stating this confidently, but this deck might have a better outlet against Rapid Strike. Like, yeah, you know, I don't Good. know. I, I'm just thinking that the fact that like that deck is uh, another deck in the meta that presents a four prize uh, angle to Kyogre is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think that makes sense. I think that I, or I'm even really a five prize angle. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that, that how the strategy progresses over the the coming weeks. Because I don't think it'll necessarily be the same list that we've seen. I don't think it'll be the we almost tricked our, not tricked ourselves, but almost found ourselves talking ourselves into uh, playing box. what. Turbo box or, or like Aerodactyl Lost Box, and like I don't think that would have necessarily been the right answer either. But no. I do think that there's even even a year, and I do think there's still room for innovation with Lost Box because there are just so many different avenues you can take. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like I don't think I think that when we see it next, something will be different about it, but it's still going to be one of the most played decks in the room. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that that's the kind of deck that like if if you find like the right angles, definitely could just take like worlds by storm because we're not yeah. gonna have a ton of information from like the really, really good players before that tournament. They're gonna they don't have any reason at this point to share anything. It's the same format and there's nothing else for them to to show off at, right? Like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna get kind of the the best of their testing at worlds, which will be sick. Do you think that United Wings will be making a comeback at Worlds? Because I guess we could talk about that briefly as well. It didn't make top thirty two, but it was like one of the decks that like really popped off over the weekend. Right. Alex Lansky playing it. Um, other than other than Rapid Strike and uh, Arc Piles, I think United Wings was the surprise deck of the weekend. And yeah. I think United Wings was better than I gave it credit for, but I also think Lost Box was just insanely underplayed really in this underplayed. tournament. Yeah. And I think that that does change going forward. So I think that United Wings may have had its its best showing here. Um, because I, I think Guardi, or not Guardi, I think Lost Box only goes up. So I think this was probably the peak for United Wings. Um, but I mean, that being said, you know what, what are we talking here placement-wise? It wasn't bad. It was 64th, it was 8th, 8-1 eight after day one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so we still have a top 64 for the deck, right? Like, that's that's not bad, and largest Pokemon event outside of Japan, or outside of Asia, ever. I mean... Not a not a terrible showing. I think that uh, that's probably the best they can do. But again, like maybe we misread the metagame for Worlds, or maybe a lot of players go, "Well, I know, you know, I know fifty percent of the day two players, and I know what they're playing, right? I know yeah. they're not playing Lost Box, so like now we're just gambling on how many of the day one players day two with with Lost Box. Maybe we do see some day two players playing United Wings. Yeah, it yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Alex wrote a pretty detailed article about it and it was interesting and he did the thing that he did last time he like when he won euic where he goes yeah i played this and i think it was a good call for this week and i would probably not play it again for like another two years until two until like two rotations happen but hey this was cool that's how metagame calls work right yeah uh, the deck was good because he and i mean i still think got lucky that lost box was less played but it did work out where there wasn't that much lost box yeah i think that that was what i mean we, it, it's a phrase that has come up a lot on this episode but i do think that it it, that it was worth hammering home that how important, especially it's one of like this, the first tournament of an, of an, uh, of a new format, essentially. Like I know Puerto Rico existed, but there was like a hundred something players, 200 players. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was also a hundred something players and there were five lost box in top eight. So like somehow that was not representative at all. Right? Yeah. 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 So, um, 
I, I think that what matters is how, how often you're able to make that right meta game call. And I, I do think that while Guardia is the best deck, I don't think there's like a definitive like S tier deck. So it does matter making the right call from week to week or tournament to tournament about what you think is going to be like the actual breakdown. So uh, yeah, I, I like seeing processes rewarded like that. I think between Alex or, or Cyrus, I think you ought to see some of that really get, get benefited. And that, that to me is a good sign of a good, like of a, of a healthier format. If you're able to like actually like, make predictions and be rewarded for it. So I think that's one of the coolest things about the first events, like first couple events, even of any given format or just like events that are very early in it before the hive mind has really had their chance online to perfect the metagame. Um, You're going to see different things like that. And like you said, healthy Pokemon formats, especially we'll see like constant uh, churn in the meta between like what answers, what, what has a good matchup where good players switching decks because they think they don't have good matchups, which then changes what the actual right call is. If people switched off of Guardi, is this deck the right call? So on and so forth. And th- those are the signs of a good metagame. And it feels right now, as we talk about it, like we have a good metagame. Yeah. And it could end up being kind of a buzzkill, honestly, that we might have a really good metagame right now and not get to have many events in it, which is kind of a bummer. But No, literally, but, literally just worlds. It could also mean that we have an extremely good world championship, which I think is the best event as a viewer of the year, right? Like, storylines to follow best gameplay overall like it, it's awesome to have a good worlds format um i would have preferred worlds to be the brand new format if we're going to have anything but i'm fine with this obviously as well i think this is a good format and hopefully that bears out for worlds yeah for sure yeah because the next set of obsidian flames comes out actually i think it's the first day of the world championships it's the, it's the weekend of worlds mm-hmm. and then uh they announced some events for next year the first of which being in our hometown of pittsburgh a, a pittsburgh regional when uh, both of us are busy, which is really Shout awesome. Out to us for not being able to go to the one regional that's ever happened in Pittsburgh. And I, I think someone said the last time what happened was in like 2010, and I don't even know if that's correct. Um, which is, you know, awesome. I, I was hoping that we would get an event because I, I think that we've shown in other card games that we can host things, and, and, it, and it pops off really well. I was already bummed enough when the One Piece event was scheduled in Pittsburgh this that weekend, yeah, and I was like, for well, the same week, like, come on. So yeah, that's yeah. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Well, I already got the okay that I could go to day one, and since I don't day two events, that's probably that, that very well could end up happening. But uh, that's yeah, a story for another day. Mine's a little more in flux. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I could, I could maybe schedule my way around it, but it's, uh, it's tough to say. It, it, it only made sense. Why would it be uh, any other week, right? Well, yeah. Why would it be? It, it, it's funny that that happened to me on what will be my first wedding anniversary, and then the week before. Uh, obviously, this only matters to nobody but me talking to the DJ, but you're privy to our conversation. Um, anyone who knows my brother knows that he – two things. He is getting married the week bef- that week before on Labor Day weekend, which is brilliant, and um, he is a huge wrestling fan. Two wrestling pay-per-views were announced on Labor Day weekend, one of which is in Pittsburgh on his wedding day. Why would it go any differently, Dave? Things just Why would it? That way. These are just how it happens, right? Um, but that'll do it as we've, you know, gone off the rails a little bit at the end. Um, next week we'll be back. God knows what we'll talk about because we're kind of in this weird flux situation. So something, hopefully something interesting happens, whether it be online or building towards worlds or something like that. Uh, we're, we are in this weird lull where, uh, there's not another major tournament for what, like five weeks. So we got a while, we got a while to go. We're in a little bit of a dead zone as far as, uh, content goes, especially because we're not going to worlds, but. You know, I, I'm sure we'll find some things to talk about. I think, at the very least, we can just start talking about different decks and talk about how we would be preparing for an event that we're not going to. 
that's that is what we're good at that, that, that that's something that we've done most of the year so I, I, I like the idea of that so uh that'll do it for this week and we will catch you next week on ancient wisdom thanks guys